When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. On this episode of the Girl Powerful Podcast, we talk with Katie Morton, TV personality and digital creator. She opens up about her personal self-love journey, how quarantine and the Black Lives Matter movement has changed her life, and choosing to leave Bachelor Nation in the dust. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. Today's guest, we have Katie Morton. Thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, we love you because we see you using your platform for good and for spreading positivity and We just want to go back because with Girl Powerful, we teach tween and teen girls how to build a strong sense of self using social emotional learning. So tell us a little bit about your upbringing and your self-love journey. I absolutely love the premise of that because it's so important. I think that as a young girl myself, I really could have used the two of you and like utilized any services like that, um, or even just like a mentor. I think growing up, I was, I had all of, you know, it, it's weird to say, cause it's almost like a recap. Every girl knows that it. it's like, you have almost everyone I know has had grown up with insecurities or boy troubles or self image troubles. And I definitely had all of those, I would say, um, I, I didn't even find myself until my late tw- 20s. And I think it's not even about finding yourself because we already know who we are, but it's this practice of like, as we're growing up, we try and hide certain parts of ourselves or like let a, just a little bit out here and there. It's almost like I wasn't, I didn't have the courage to be myself until my late 20s. I knew who I was overall, but it was just how to, let that be known to the public without diminishing myself in any way shape or form and I think that's part of the whole journey in itself is not defining yourself but the figuring out how to be yourself unapologetically is freaking hard um so I think that's kind of the journey that I've been on my whole life um and that is tied up in so many different things so um to start I guess I went to primarily a primarily 
white school in a primarily white neighborhood. So I'm, I'm mixed, I'm black and white. And so I grew up with, I wouldn't say it is an identity crisis, but there were definitely parts of me I didn't feel like always super comfortable showing or sharing. Um, and it kind of stuck with me growing up. And then you, you just keep adding on layers, right? So like that was one layer. Um, and I could just tell in the community things, certain things weren't as welcomed or like, this is how people acted. And they think those are the things that are taking me the longest to unlearn in my life right now. And then there's the layers which involve, uh, okay, so self-image. So then I was a dancer and a cheerleader and there was pressures to look a certain way or be a certain way, or even in college, I was a dancer and they put, they actually put a lot of pressure on bodies. And nowadays it makes me so happy to see people saying all bodies are good bodies and we're celebrating all types of people. But I do still feel like a twinge in my heart for the people that grew up with like that, that are my age, our age, everyone that it's like, you can't just throw out these notions in your head. Like, of course I can sit here and be like, celebrate all bodies and all bodies are good bodies, but there's still like a little thing in my head sometimes that is the thing that I grew up with, which you should look like this. You should do that. It still pops up. It doesn't just go away. So the pressure to feel a certain way, to look a certain way, it all just continuously piled up. To the point where I was like, who am I to the world right now? Am I losing myself and hiding myself? It was more of like, a, I feel like I don't know who I am. And it's like, no, I do know who I am, but I feel like I don't know who I'm supposed to be because the world keeps asking me to be a thousand different things. And I literally can't do that. I'm overwhelmed. Did you have a moment that you actually asked yourself something like that? Yeah. I mean, I was starting to ask myself that. I think throughout my life, I would ask myself like a whisper. It started off as like a whisper. It was like, wait, what? Should I? I don't feel like, eh. And you just kind of push it away. Mm-hmm. And then it's more of like um, another whisper comes in or a, it's essentially your conscience, right? <laughs> like essentially I'm describing the Jiminy Cricket in myself. Like, <laughs> but it just got louder and louder until you had to started getting louder and louder until to be honest, like one of the, and I will say like, I don't like talking about the show as much, but I will say like seeing myself on TV, I do know that I remember like feeling filtered. Like I felt like choked, like felt like suffocated by how filtered I had filtered myself from the time I was like a little kid up until the time I was on the show to the point where I knew what the world almost wanted of me. I even knew what like the producers wanted of me. And I felt like I couldn't speak because I was so, there were so many thoughts of like how I was supposed to squeeze tiny into this one little canal to like end up how I was being told. Right. I love that you said that all girls have these thoughts. Like every human has this inner dialogue of, you know, knowing who your true self is. But like you said, we don't always share it. Mm -hmm. So how was your personal journey with knowing, knowing who you are? on the inside and then one having the confidence to put yourself in front of millions of people but then at the same time you're like confident and you're like feeling good but then you're like shut down 
in that moment or you know or like the playback and you're like oh god like what have they done to me that's not me or you know that's so planned out like how how did you handle that so at first it it was a little bit different I would say my first time going on tv I didn't handle it as as well as I could I did feel very filtered around the lead like I didn't let parts of myself come out not not that I was a different person. I wasn't faking any parts of myself. I just wasn't being my full self. I was like being only the parts of myself that I assumed would be accepted as opposed to letting all the, sh- the shit come out essentially. Like, just like, it's not that I wasn't being myself. I was just keeping my mouth closed, not trying to start drama, not talking about some things that were important because these were the things that we were supposed to be talking about in the moment. And I felt so suffocated. So when I saw myself back, I was like, oh yeah, I mean, that is me. I wasn't too disappointed, but I was disappointed that I didn't allow myself to just be because I know I would have had more fun. Yeah. I would have been more present. I would have had more fun, even if things were just messed up or if someone just, just said like, if I just left earlier or whatever, I would have had more fun. I didn't feel like I was having a good time. And essentially that's what this life is all about is having a good time and giving love and spreading love and just inspiring and being inspired. So if I was just sitting there, not really doing any of that, not really having fun, not really being inspired, not just saying answers and then asking questions, general questions, like (laughs) really, really crap interview, right? (laughs) I, I watched back and I was like, that's exactly, I watched it and I saw myself and I was like, but that's how it felt as well. Like a crap yeah. interview. But yeah. were you protecting yourself at the same time? Well, yeah. You're protecting yourself from the world. Yeah. Um, I would, I, I think that's cool. Do you think there's other TV in your future or like, are you done with entertainment? Honestly, I would love to do TV, but I, I wish I could do like hosting or like host yeah. a dating show, like kind of like Kristen yeah. Cavallari on like Temptation Island or like Paradise Hotel, Love Island. Yeah. I would love to do that. Awesome. I think I need a bit of practice before I'm a host, but um, I would love to do like, yeah, some hosting stuff or even if it were reality TV, then I would like it to be more of like, I mean, not that I'm any sort of superstar that needs their own show, like very Cavallari, but more that style where it's like, oh, this is just my life as opposed to wild dates that. (laughs) (laughs) Unless of course I made that myself. Like I could do a whole YouTube channel and maybe like say guys I'm going to go skydiving go on and wild dates with your boyfriend yeah wait so fast forward obviously that's the past mm-hmm. but now you are in a healthy positive relationship and I'm always curious when there is a strong woman that has done a lot of work on herself you listen to your conscious you deal with that and you know you, you reflect and mm-hmm. and you don't lose yourself in that relationship I'm like really guilty of like just like absorbing that person and their needs instead of like staying really true to myself and so I'm kind of curious how your relationship has looked and how you've stayed healthy and strong so that's supernatural yeah completely absorb I'm I'm very similar and I have been more similar in the past where I've like kind of let myself just 
we like phase into one, but I like take over. I, I kind of like lose the things I was doing as a single person when my, my mantra basically for like a little while, not my full mantra, but I'm just saying like things I've told myself is that I need to be single in a relationship. So not single as in date, but I need to be my single self. What I do in the mornings when I'm single, what I do in the afternoons when I'm single, but essentially coexist with someone and do the fun stuff with them and make sure that like, like I, I would, I feel like back in when I used to live with a boyfriend that I dated for a very long time. And it's like, you almost stopped washing your face. Like you, <laughs> you, up. And you eat such you, like unhealthy you food. food. You yeah. become a boy. Then, you become a boy. Yeah, you literally become <laughs> a boy. Like when when you just are like really that into that relationship, you, you legit basically stop washing your face. You go to the gym. You're eating beef and rice. Like I don't know. What, <laughs> like, I don't know. Totally meat and potatoes. I basically have just you know said I'm gonna be my single self because I got I just frankly I got sick of having to rebuild. Hmm. It wasn't any one boy or one person or one quote. I just got sick of myself. Like I got sick of myself having to rebuild myself. And I I didn't want to do it again. And so I was like, I can't, I literally cannot afford any more time in this life to have to rebuild myself. And if it keeps, and typically the cycle is it gets worse. So like you rebuild yourself once you're like, that took a week. You rebuild yourself the next time. You're like, that took two months. You rebuild yourself another time. It takes five. It's like, the rebuilding process, you you have so much to rebuild if you lose yourself. So like, or not rebuild, but like go out there and find the pieces back. Right. I love that advice. Mm-hmm. That's really good advice. It's like consistency in all areas of your life, but you have to do it with for yourself too. For yourself. And it's still hard. Like there's still going to be the time where you just don't wash your face. Like you're, you're still going to have those moments where you just cuddle in bed for like a whole morning, but maybe limit it. Like, yeah, we'll cut in, cuddle in bed this morning, but how about tomorrow we wake up super early and we go on a long walk. If we're going to be doing everything together, let's at least do something that I would have done myself. So you yes. can join me on my, on my, in my singleness and I'll join you in your singleness sometimes. That's cute. I like that. I think that makes it more fun and an adventure, you know, like it yeah. doesn't have to be this big, you know, big moment dates. It's those like little moments where you spend quality time together. And you're feeling, right. you know, both filling your own cup at the same time. Yep. And I'm, the, I'm, I will say it. Like I would say filling your own cup first, like putting your own mask on first is so important because you, you can't save anybody else if your mask is not on, mm-hmm. obviously. So yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I, so Teddy and I love your social media platform. Because your aesthetic is beautiful. Thank but you. then I love that you use your platform for good, like with what you share. So it's like, it's fun to look at. It's fun to have a peek into your life. But then you also share like mental health tips, productivity tips. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about that. I honestly am just on a road to figuring it all out myself. So I just post it as I learn about it or as I find, or as I see what fits me. So I feel like I'm constantly, I'm not perfect at all. I go in and out of the, the loop, I guess you would say like my life's a roller coaster. 
I've never had the easiest time being super consistent. So I almost used my platform as a way to like hold me accountable and like try my best to be consistent and also to inspire others to work on their consistency because it just doesn't come easy for me. I'm just, I thrive on routine, but I'm not naturally routine regimented. Like I would, I naturally get up and I'm like, am I hungry or do I need a face? Like, do I need a facial? Like (laughs) I wake up and I'm like, Hmm, I want to watch TV. That's like normal for me. Yeah. I have like little sticky notes. I'll literally pull one right here. A little sticky note because I know that this makes me feel good. It says tidy, sweat, cold rinse, eat well, right before I walk out my door. So I literally walk out my door. I'm like, what, what does one do? one tidies <laughs> <laughs> and I literally will tidy my house and then yeah. like, what does one do next I'm like a caveman awesome. <laughs> one shall sweat <laughs> so I sweat and I'm like what now what now <laughs> oh better shower take a cold rinse because that'll make your head feel good yeah. like instead of like, Katie I- last last week we had a guest on here and she was like I'm very disciplined and Sonia and I were like Wow. wow tell us about that you know and they're like she's like I have the opposite problem like I'm too disciplined I don't know where the wiggle room is to have fun you know so yeah. I think like we're similar to you like yeah. <laughs> I need a post-it that says tidy I know that for a fact in my car I have a post-it that says kegels so I remember to do them at red light <laughs> that's a good idea <laughs> If you ever don't know, just look for a post-it, a floating post-it. I will. I put the post-its by all my like light switches because obviously you're going to be turning on the lights and stuff. So I'll put post-its there. Like I have one in my bathroom. I have one on my mirror right before I go to bed because I write down things I know are one productive, but also make me feel good. So it doesn't, none of these post-its say work. Like not one of them says go to work. All of them say (laughs) things like not one of them says do your job. You're kegels right now because I'm like, hey, I'm sitting here. Let's all do it together. It's a it's a productive thing that makes you feel like you're working on your health in some way, shape, or form. You're right. So like, when I just put cold rinse. It doesn't say take a take a hour shower. That seems daunt. Everything also for me personally seems daunting. I'm like, oh God, a task daunting. So if I say cold rinse, that sounds like a 10 second thing, but I get in there and I do more than 10 seconds. Eat well. So I'll just be like, oh, reminder, eat well. Like maybe order a salad today. Like you don't order pizza today. I know. You'll forget you'll order the pizza today and tomorrow you'll make an excuse to order another pizza. So not that pizza's bad. I just get out of hand. So I have to remind myself to eat well. Me too. We've had a winter of pizza. I had a winter of fish and chips. So that's fun. (laughs) It's just fun. Have to do it sometimes. But then I have to eat well because I'm like, I know this makes me feel (laughs) Rule number four, eat well. Well, rule number four on that particular light switch. (laughs) (laughs) The rules change. It's fun to talk to such diverse women because everyone has their own routine, but so many people write themselves notes. And even one girl, Camille Brady, she's a professional surfer. She has a picture of her younger self Mm. on her door. And when she leaves the door, she leaves the house. She's like, I'm going to make you proud every day when she goes out there. 
So yeah. it's, it's really powerful though, even those four things to like keep your house clean, eat well, shower, take care of yourself. Yeah. Like that's powerful in itself. Yeah, I know that seems like so little to have a reminder to legit take care of yourself. But I think also when you're someone who struggles with anxiety and depression as much as I do, like my anxious self will be like thinking I need to do a thousand different things. Yeah. And like when I get depressed, I won't do anything for myself. So if I just have the four basics up there, it seems like not very daunting very doable and will make me feel good guaranteed I love that it's like your own prescription almost yeah literally yeah Katie PhD it's perfect we love to hear one thank you I love that. So yeah well so at Girl Powerful we have a Girl Powerful affirmation deck which is a thing that we created because we started in 2014 and we realized girls couldn't say one nice thing about themselves or they couldn't look us in the eye, you know, or, you know, they were always like slumped over and they were having really big issues with their self-esteem. So we're like, we need to change this inner dialogue that they're having with themselves. Mm-hmm. So, we, yeah, so we created the Girl Powerful Affirmation Card Deck. Those are sick. So they're meant to do in front of the mirror to to promote positive self-talk. So we should pull a couple cards. Can we pull a card for you? Yes, it's so funny because I have affirmations all on my mirror with with dry erase marker. That's awesome. I think what you see and you say to yourself, obviously, is really what matters at the end of the day. And how you feel in those alone moments and how you talk to yourself. It's really all you have is your mental health. It really is. And we are the biggest bullies to ourselves. I will admit I'm such a bully sometimes. And I'm like, geez, who's she? Why should be so mean? (laughs) Well, this is perfect. And this is, it goes into that bullying yourself. The affirmation says, I am gentle with myself. Wrap Mm -hmm. your arms around yourself and give yourself a hug for 10 seconds and repeat it until you feel more connected with yourself. So this is the kind of stuff we like to do in Girl Powerful. And it, you can just feel yourself releasing the stress. Within two seconds, I felt myself a whole new ball of light inside. Yeah, it's it's powerful. There are those. It's like a choice, right? Like this is a choice to sit around and do affirmations and write yourself notes. And we're all lucky, like that we have, like we were talking before we started filming. Like LA is like this wellness hub, right? We have access to all this awesome like gurus and yoga and healthy food yeah. but it's like if you leave LA how do you take all this stuff with you and mm-hmm. don't forget it because it's kind of like what you're mentioning the rebuilding if you leave like a wellness community like LA you don't want to like totally lose that and like become a pizza of yourself <laughs> <laughs> eat pizza every day and like forget about all this hard work that you built you know because it definitely is work it's work and I and it's and it's so different when you have a whole community of people even though I don't know one person when I walk out my door but I know that person's probably going to either yoga a sound bath to the beach (laughs) on a walk I know that person's going to go do something for themselves most likely so it gives me it drives me to do the same. And whenever I go back home or to a different community where it's not as much of a wellness hub, I can see how it's much harder to get it going for yourself when not everyone's doing the same thing. Yeah. And it's also harder to like ignore other people. 
and like the society, you know, it's like, if you walk down a street with your sports bra and leggings on in some places, they think you're like a harlot or the devil. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was like, I think they think I'm homeless. Cause I walked out from the gym, like with my sports bra on and like carrying my clothes. And I was like, I feel homeless. Like, yeah. It was weird, but it was like everyone else's eyes and the judgment is so real. If you're not in like a bigger city still. So, and I've, and I've heard, I've heard, um, some like, like older men say stuff like, oh, I've been to LA once in my time, wild place. It's like, what was wild? (laughs) Was he actually being wild? And was he like downtown, like partying? Or did he see someone walking down the street in leggings? (laughs) (laughs) What's wild to you? Please tell me. Like acrylic fingernails. We're like, chill out, buddy. Calm down. (laughs) yeah they're drinking green juice over there (laughs) that's funny we did a give we grew up half and half in missouri and california and we went back to missouri to do a food scarcity project so all these kids live like what 15 miles outside of where we grew up and they don't have access to any fruits or vegetables they're eating like corn dogs they're eating you know potato chips all this stuff so we partnered with another organization to bring in healthy food. And then we did the emotional education portion of it. And when we got to the hotel, like, it's like, I forgot like being gone for 10 years. I forgot that like how it really is and how it really hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. And I opened the door myself and a guy's like, Whoa, okay. Independent woman. Like literally yeah. just because I opened the door for myself and I'm like, it's crazy how not progressive some places can be. Well, so, but they're not even taking care of their children. You know, it's yeah. like you can like preach all this stuff, like live the life you want, but you need to still take care of, you know, people. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I get it. And it, it makes me sad too, because it, yeah, no, not everywhere is the same. That That story just reminded me, I mean, nothing like my actual self, but like in college, I went to, I was in Louisiana and I never really knew the the difference of states, I don't think. So I lived in Florida. The fruit was amazing in Florida. Wow. In California, the fruit is also amazing. When I was living in Louisiana, I think the only grocery store was Winn-Dixie or Walmart. And the fruit always had like a rotten portion of a piece of fruit or like a hole in there or something. And I never like I never ended up coming home with fruit. I always had like just chicken and rice and I would always eat chicken and rice. And I just stopped eating fruit for the most part because I didn't like the way it tasted or looked. And that was even available to me, but I just chose not to eat it. Cause I was like, I know there's better fruit out there. Yeah. <laughs> like this doesn't look right. This is wrong. So, yeah. The fact that people just don't have access to things that really makes me sad. Yeah. I mean, it's real. And like, Obviously, there's a lot of people out there helping and talking about mental health and food and mm-hmm. just like making everything as accessible to every kind of person because everyone deserves it. Like if your tummy isn't like full of like nutritious food, like how can you go to school and learn? How can you be happy? How can you even yeah. like start your day right if if a kid's hungry? Like that just really you know, it's a big problem yeah, in America yeah. when we have plenty and plenty of people have way too much yeah. and then they don't share. Don't even get me started on that. <laughs> don't get me started on not sharing. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Good exactly. Yeah. 
Like what's the one number one thing we learned in school where all those same people learned how to make their money. What was the number one thing we learned? Sharing is caring. Uh, how have you felt? What was your takeaway in the last year? Now that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, obviously like the pandemic and staying home and doing all your self work and probably going through a lot of, you know, good days and bad days. And then black lives matter and everything like that. What have you taken away? Gosh, so much. Yeah. That is such a loaded question. Um, <laughs> the first portion of the pandemic, I spent the first 12 weeks completely in solitude. Um, did a lot of work. I even started doing Kundalini yoga at one point. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, oh, she's I a, actually, she's a I'm a Kundalini teacher. I loved it. Yeah, well, let's do it, it. It definitely helped me. I don't do it anymore right now, but it started off my journey right because I would just get up in the morning, and I was in, I was still crawling out of like the like not crawling out, but like I was, I had just crawled out of this poor mental state I had been in and was like rebuilding myself right before then. Had just done a wellness retreat, was like getting back into like feeling more me. So I decided to do Kundalini because it was um just breath and sound and movement without being like I'm gonna go do acro yoga this morning so I got to like wake up with movement without feeling too much pressure and then I literally started blocking my days by the hour during quarantine I was like this is what I'm doing this hour this I had it all on google calendar every single hour of the day had something so I had no time to like I even like scheduled in just like meditating thinking time because I, I just did. I wanted to be regimented like for once. And I only had myself and my dog uh, for 12 weeks. And I honestly didn't get bored. I did a lot of life work. I read a few books. I had a really good time. And then um, everything with Black Lives Matter was coming up. And to be honest, like at first I wasn't too shocked. I was more like, it was more of like, um, it felt like a tipping point, yeah. which it was, yeah. but I feel like I had been seeing both sides and a lot of the things happening my whole life. And it was more like, oh, oh, we're, go- oh, oh, we're having the conversation. It's more like at dinner, it's kind of like we're all at dinner every single night for my whole life. And, and almost every night we're like, kind of not talking about something, but, and, but dinner's going fine. There's just maybe maybe a little family drama and it's like we're kind of not talking about it and boom someone breaks the glass and we start talking about it so it was more of like I kind of knew it was I I know it's been going on for so long that it was more like a, a boiling point which I think was actually really good for this country for to happen to this country not in some ways that it happened but I think it was really good to at least start the conversation because it was almost like we were just having silent awkward dinners for so for way too long um did you find it yourself like changing with the dialogue changing and the openness and finding confidence and yeah who I you are I do. I found so much confidence in it as well. I felt so much more empowered to start talking about it. And to be honest, it was, it was nice because at one point I I actually tried to do like, um, like bumble dating and quarantine at one point when everything started coming up, I never used to have conversations about my race, my mixed race, my, my mixed privilege that I do have versus 
the white privilege my mother has versus my dad who's black and like what my family goes I've never had to have those conversations early on so then I found myself like kind of dating online dating and being like I just want to let you know that we can't, <laughs> not, we can't not discuss the shit that's going down in the world right now. So if you're not comfortable discussing it, you basically have to see yourself out. So I, I even encountered one person who I had known for, I think, two years. And he like wanted to kind of try like start FaceTime dating, whatever. And I think I brought it up and was like, listen, I don't know where you stand, but I think I need to, this is in the very beginning. And I still hadn't really found my personal voice. Like, I think I need to know where you stand because I'm fully in, I, I have no choice, but to be in this, you technically have no choice, but to be in it. But you, he was like a white male mm-hmm. and he did, he did, he was making a choice not to be, he was like, ah, I don't want to really be involved in that and I was like well that's me silencing myself if I associate myself with you that's you already picking a side there shouldn't it should be like you should join this movement and I'm not here to like put anything on anybody but I definitely can't date you so if you can't can't use your voice to stand up for me or the rights of my family or my community I definitely can't be associating myself with your ass so see you later buddy but it was weird because like I was like oh crap I had to check myself I was like that's the kind of guy that I kind of just almost went for and how long would it have taken for me to find out that he's like low-key not anti-racist right how long would it have taken me to realize like we are definitely not on the same page buddy because he was so like he was not a bad guy but he was not one of the good guys it's like right. he was just a silencer and and he wasn't trying to silence me he was just silent himself and he was like if we all just stop maybe it'll go away type of thing and I was like whoa and that's where I realized yes no way David has been here so uh yeah I realized oh my gosh check yourself Katie what who are these dudes like who was that guy like I couldn't even be his friend after that I didn't like have a friendship breakup but I just stopped talking to him because I was like I can't that can't get that kind of I think this year the whole friendship breakups like just by putting space there has been the most like healing thing on so many levels and a lot of times it did come back to who's being an activist an ally a friend a true connector you know like who's actually doing supportive yeah who's like or even said sorry without like just by saying like I I didn't ever really realize like white privilege or whatever like I had to work on or my friends had to work on like acknowledgement acknowledgement and then there we go and then we're all on the same page and we're all moving forward together and having our eyes and ears open to one another. 100%. And I think right after that, I had, I had tested him even more because I knew he would be. <laughs> I tested him even more and was like, because I told him a few stories. I was like, you know what? Told myself, I was like, listen, he's not going to understand straight away. He, of course, like when you don't know a lot about something, you don't feel empowered to speak on it or to have conversations with it. So I'm like, you know, it's not my job to do this, but I took it upon myself because he was what I considered a friend at the time. Like I was like, and I was not interested in him at all at this point romantically, but I'm like, uh, I'm going to tell him a few of my own personal stories. So maybe he understands like what happens to people 
to someone that he knows personally and maybe that will like click with him or like have like put a fire in him or something but I can at least say that I like kind of started the conversation with him and I kind of tried and I think it just made him more uncomfortable and then right after that I was like oh poor thing but not poor thing because like no um uh, after that I said well I'm going to a protest if you'd like to join <laughs> yeah I'll let you know what I'm doing I was like oh wow wow he's about to do the ghost on a protest (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome he's probably like I'm gonna go golf yeah he's like oh legit I'm pretty sure he went to I'm pretty sure he went to a vineyard but um perfect anyway um I and I wrote a so that fueled me so much I was so angry I just I like went to my burn book got out all my sharpies and my markers and he inspired me and I wrote the sign that said in the age of information ignorance is a choice I mean I used to be the person that always said ignorance is bliss I was like, ignorance is blessed. Like, no, in the age of information, ignorance is a choice. Like, you're so smart, buddy. You have your smart, your big boy smart job. Right. You can big boy smart Google yourself into all of these situations that you're trying to ignore. Yeah. And that just, that felt like it gave me so much power. And then I went to the protest and was like, I have no business being around anybody who's not going to support like me, my family, my culture, how I feel like absolutely not. And it was freeing. You're so, free. You're free. <laughs> I was, yeah, it was just so free, but it was just like such a, it was such a, I had gone back and, and trust me, I don't go searching for my dating profiles. Don't say like white men who are low key racist. It's not that it's like, <laughs> oh, no, Katie? <laughs> it's more of like, it's more of like, I go to what's comfortable for me. And I grew up around all white people and I, I just went for what was comfortable for me and I've dated both white men and black men. And I guess I just was randomly sometimes dating white men disguises, not anti-racist. <laughs> so, um, which there's a whole nother complex that goes with white guys who want to date mixed girls for their own exotic fantasy reasons. That's a whole nother situation. <laughs> well, but, the best way to decipher who's who. Yeah. I mean, it's been a year of deciding who we all are and then how we treat each other. And yeah, we're on the same page. If you're not part of, you know, helping and being part of real communities, then yeah. Did you guys have any friendship breakups in this past year or just realizations? Maybe not breakups. I don't like to call them breakups. I just like to say like, you took space that's permanent. <laughs> well, yes. And especially because I went to a Kundalini yoga teacher training. So like my mind was like, blown open and my heart was blown open and my you know when you're saying earlier like that you felt like your voice was taken from you on the bachelor like all that just like burst open with all my kundalini stuff and so you can't really like unburst yourself and all my (laughs) friends you know like Sony and I have always been holding women's circles in LA and we obviously do girl powerful with the teens And we've seen so many people not be able to, you know, make a vision board and have it actually have meaning. And those were some of my closest friends. They'd like put a sandwich on there, which we all love sandwiches. But, you know, I'm kind of like trying to like be stardust and be part of a bigger picture here and like be a good person. 
So if someone, yeah, my friends that aren't on this journey, and it doesn't have to look exactly like mine, but I want to see them on a growth journey, whatever that is for them. And so those are the people that just kind of faded away. There was no conversations. No one's really reached out. I'm doing my thing. I'm putting myself out there. Sonia and I have been, we've felt really brave even building Girl Powerful so much in 2020 till now. You know, like going on interviews and doing news and stuff like that, talking live, like that's a big deal for us. And that's a big deal for me, especially because I have a huge anxiety about public speaking. So yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Katie, I've ruined many of times. Like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. She like shakes. She's like, oh. this. I like, I was really, someone was like very gracious and kind and asked me to host something in Hollywood for them. I totally ruined their whole panel. I ruined everything. Just no, I, you didn't. I had these cards, Katie. I was like, just reading my cards, like not these, but like my note cards. I was like, I have no, like, I just kind of was like this asking like so fast. My questions were just like, it was a wild time. Anyway, I feel that's what I've learned in the last year is that I deserve to be in the spotlight if that's where I want to be. And by helping, like, you know, like what a great thing to be able to. Gosh, that's, that's so lovely. Thank you. What about you, son? I want to take that one. I deserve to be in the spotlight if that's where I want to be, but by helping. Yeah. yeah, and that's what you're doing with your platform. That is very well articulated. Thank you. I've never really articulated anything nicely. So there, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, you did it today, sis. Sonia. Yes, yeah, so we like to end every interview with what makes you feel the most alive? Running. Ooh. Sprinting, though, full, full speed ahead. I love like, that. To the point where I feel like I'm going to fall over, but... <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, running full speed ahead makes me feel honestly the most alive. And then also helping children in person makes me feel the most alive. I think that's what connects me more to my inner child that makes me feel the most alive. But yeah, running full speed. Yeah, I know that's so bizarre. That's a good one. I love yeah. that. It's, it's, it's like different. running, like you're just running away from everything, but running towards everything all at the same time. Like you're just like in this vortex. Now I'm not just going on jogs, but I will go running full speed somewhere. You just get the urge <laughs> in your house, and you just get the urge to go run. So it's about six thirty every morning. Oh. I wake up. Well, usually I go like. 5 30 or 6 but at 6 30 every morning I like open my front door and I'm like bear shh. and he comes out and he sits there I'm like ready and we sprint down the hall as fast as we can we just start sprinting it's a very long haul we sprint down the hall and I'm trying to like keep stay light on my feet like use good techniques so like the neighbors don't actually hear us we only go down the hall once and then we go down to the next floor and I'm like come on out buddy I'm like shh and then we sprint again and we do it down, we do it all the way on like five different floors and then we just like walk back up the <laughs> but it's a way for him to get his energy out and then I just sprint down each hall like every day and I only have to pass each door once so it's like doesn't make too much of a disturbance oh my god <laughs> so you're everyone's alarm clock in your building they don't hear me because whenever because <laughs> I've actually tried it outside here and asked if like I asked Jen if she heard me and she was like no but yeah I'd like to see the video footage of this from the building listen I would like to see it as well because yesterday I did it 
I did it literally on a Sunday in pink sweatpants and a plaid flannel. And the flannel only had one button buttoned and I had no bra on. And I was just sprinting. Feeling alive. I yeah, love I felt it. alive. And Bear was just like, he it, he's the cutest because he gallops. He's like galloping, galloping, galloping. And I'm like, man, he's free, I'm free. And we just do it for like five or six times and then there you go. There we go. Well, Katie, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and your tips. We love that what you shared about not having to rebuild all the time mm -hmm. to keep your container full so you don't have to keep rebuilding. That's yeah, cool. thank you guys. Now, what can we expect from you next and where should everyone find you? You know, I don't know exactly what you can expect from me next. I'm going to try and start I, I want to start helping more. I get caught up in where I should help because there's so many different things that like literally ping my heart. Um, people can find me on my Instagram at Katie Mo with two E's, K-A-T-I-E-E-M-O. Um, Katie Mo or on Twitter at Hello Katie Mo. And yeah, I don't know where I'm going to be next, you guys, but we're just trying to get my uh, my boyfriend to America right now. So that's what I'm doing next. All right. Well, come down to Girl Powerful Universe anytime and talk to our girls and maybe we can collab on something. I would love to do that. I was thinking that as we were talking. Let's, and let's email after this. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. All right. Thanks, Katie. Bye, Katie. Bye. Bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.